da 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 TGIF. TGIF tour. TGIF. Oh my goodness. November. Forgive me if I'm a little low energy. Yeah, how was work? You had it to do was... a solo shift, right? Yeah, it was just me. Uh, Did you survive? It was a lot, but it could have been worse. Everything went fine. There were no technical malfunctions. That would have really screwed me, because usually if there's a technical mal- malfunction, it's like down to one of us to go fix it. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, it sounds like that's the least you or the the best case scenario, the least you can ask for. I'm glad you survived yeah. to tell the tale. I'm I am glad I'm glad I survived too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh yeah. Other than that, it's been pretty good. You are planning for your Europe Ooh. trip, aren't you? Ooh. Well, Britain Ooh. trip. Yeah. And Ireland. This I. Well, listeners. Will I be there when listeners hear this? I think I will be there. This will, uh, this will come out the sixteenth. Yeah. So, yeah. the week before the sixteenth, I have a work trip in San Jose and then Palm Springs, and then Steph and I are jetting to Dublin, Edinburgh, and London. And then yes. it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. So then you'll get back, like, are you guys then, like, taking, like, going straight from it to, like, family Thanksgivings and stuff? Nope, we said see a family. Ah. Uh, <laughs> we are flying back on You did what I wanted to do, but I'm like, I was, I'm like, I can't do it. Also, I didn't have the money, but. Yeah, we're, we might see them, like, over the weekend, maybe on Friday, maybe mm-hmm. do a little dinner, um, but, yeah, this year we're, like, we don't really care too much about Thanksgiving. We have the days off. Um, oh, and actually, some of Steph's cousins moved to London. So we'll be seeing them, like, the couple days before Thanksgiving. So a mm-hmm. little family time. I'm excited to travel and vacation and not think about work. Because work has been crazy. As listeners know, I've been I've been to the East Coast so you've been, much. <laughs> you've been Yeah, you've been in New York more times than... I can really keep track of. But at least you've had fun. Yes, I got to see Concrete uh, Jungle. <laughs> Where dreams are made of. Alicia, made of. Alicia Keys comes for our podcast. We have been shut down, copyrighted, because mm-hmm. we sounded so much like Alicia Keys. Oh. Yeah, but um, good stuff ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we God. had some good God, I wish, uh, I wish I could go. monster proming on our Twitch. We did, yes. Uh, if you, I think it should still be up on the Twitch. If yeah. you guys go over there, and if not, uh, we'll be giving it a permanent home on our Patreon. So, mm-hmm. shout out Patreon.com/slash well, the Silly Merlion. Maybe even just our YouTube channel. Give it as like a. I was gonna freebie, say we have a YouTube those channel. Those are freebie streams. <laughs> yeah, we do have the YouTube channel. We have yeah, we have the YouTube channel. If we have a Google account, we have a YouTube channel. True. I should go claim our handle. No one take our yeah. handle. No one take our handle <laughs> in the next five seconds. <laughs> I'm going to write myself uh, a post-it note. Yeah, because I can always download that from Twitch and uh, upload it to YouTube. Oh, speaking of Halloween spooky things, did you see the nope. message that Esper lady left on our Patreon? I did not. Oh my gosh, it gave me chills. Hold on. I got to give me like two seconds to pull it up. Patreon.com slash the silly Merlion. If you want to join, there's a burglar tier and a hero tier where you get bonus content. 
<laughs> As I give us a shout out and I find it. Okay, here we go. That was pretty quick if I do say so myself. Um, so on our spooky edition where we just talked about scary stories um, and like local town mysteries. So Esper lady said, I have a spooky story. There is a bridge in the mountains in my state and people say that a bus full of children fell off of it. So if you stop your car on the bridge, your car will be covered in tiny little handprints on the back of your car, trying to push it to the other side of the bridge. Oh, that's a classic. That's a classic one. one. I've heard a similar, like, I think that's a very, like, classic uh, uh, urban legend that goes around. Uh, Oh, it gave me chills. The one one I know, the one I know about is uh, there is a uh, train crossing, a train track crossing where a bus full of kids got hit by a train and all the kids died. And now if you park your car on the train tracks, uh, the handprints of the kids will appear on your car as they try to push your car away from the train track so you don't get hit. Which is spooky, but it's also like, oh, they were good kids. (laughs) It's like spooky and very like heartbreaking, but also like a little endearing that they want you to be safe. Oh. Good. Yeah. Good. I had never heard Good that on those before. Kids. So it yeah, gave it's a, me chills. It's a, it's, a, it's a very like small town kind of thing. But yeah. Oh, goodness. 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 Thank you for but, that comment. Hey, we're out. We're, we're out of spooky season. Cue the Mariah Carey boys. <laughs> no. We're going in. <laughs> we still have another month. Nah. I don't want uh, a lot for Christmas. There is there just, is one, just thing one thing I need. I need. And I... Uh, but yeah, Mike, I I can't be in the Christmas mood though because it was like it's been it's been it's been 76 all day in November in the Midwest. Oh my gosh. This is what It's been warmer it's over there than warming. it has been in LA. Yeah, it's been 76. I've had my windows open all day. <laughs> Kids have been yelling and screaming. I'm like, hey, it's November 4th. Go away. Go go inside. It's old supposed man, to be cold. Old man Paul is, has arisen. <laughs> Back in my day, you wouldn't even think about going outside without a jacket, and everyone's out there in That's t-shirts the very and shorts least, today. a nice sweater. I'm like, this is what separates us from those heathens in, the, in Southern California. Come on, guys. Not anymore. We have actual cold weather. <laughs> ah damn global warming uh, but yeah it's it's getting to be christmas <sighs> i'm trying to think what, should, what i should get you for christmas because i need to send you a, a christmas gift i oh. feel like as your co-host i mean i gotta send you like a lord of the rings themed christmas uh, gift and i've already bought steph so many fucking video games on steam that i feel like it's very you unfair even that i've not bit. given you anything i can I also benefit from those games I don't... sometimes though <laughs> me like i don't i don't pick favorites in that house me later don't much care for Tori. <laughs> wow. Wow. And that ends the podcast. Thanks, y'all. It was a fun run. This is this is the end of Silly Marillion. We didn't even get through Fellowship of the Ring. We didn't even get halfway get through halfway. Fellowship of the Ring. We're still in the fucking Shire, guys. May it rest in peace. Oh my god, that's a great transition, though, because I can't believe we are still in the Shire. This whole yeah. portion, in I feel movie, like, was skipped in the movie. They skip it over in the movie. It's yeah. oh, they run from the Black Riders and all of a sudden they're in Bree and that's it. Meanwhile, in this one, it's like and, and then they stopped forever. at they stopped at Farmer Maggot's house and then they went to Crick Hollow. I didn't even know who Farmer Maggot Fatty Bulger. Was. 
or fatty. He's a he's a he's a yeah. These are good Hobbit characters yeah. that we just never got. That feels like a great but transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shall we get into it? Yeah. All right. In three, two, one. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Silly Marillion. As always, I am your host, Paul, a connoisseur of all things Tolkien. And with me is my loyal apprentice, Tori, who is joining me on this adventure. How, how are you doing, Tori? How, Hi, how, how are things? Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling me your loyal apprentice after you threw me so much shade right before the intro <laughs> we'll see how long the loyalty the lasts now it wasn't i didn't mean it i didn't mean it i love you tori uh, uh this reminds, yes. reminds me of the tweet of when you're like uh oh who do i get in the divorce is <laughs> this stuff or tori oh yeah it's, yeah it's like i don't know who to go with in the divorce because like with tori we have the silly Merlin, we have lord of the rings and just you're generally nicer. Sorry, Steph. You can't say that. Side. Steph listens to the podcast on the now. Other side. On the other side. Oh, now they listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, here, I'll give the pros of Steph. Uh, I love the fact that we both annoy the fuck out of each other at all possible opportunities. I feel like that's a really Sibling good bonding rivalry, exercise. Sibling rivalry, truly. Uh, <laughs> we game together, and we really are just little dipshits really <laughs> at the end of the day like you are the adult in the room whenever uh, we're doing things truly i'm just rolling my eyes consistently at you too i don't i don't know how you survived the trip with me steph and ryan in the same car oh i just let the audio processing disorder just kick in and i just tuned out <laughs> well we're just running our fucking mouths not even paying attention but yes, hello uh, everyone. We are continuing with our reread. Well, it's a reread for me. It's a first, first time read for read me. for you, Tori, uh, of The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. Good old Jimmy. We are still in the Shire because today we are reading through chapters You're four and still five. Still in the freaking Shire. Yeah, it, we've been in the Shire so long, we've had to double up on chapters. <laughs> but uh, essentially. Yeah. What happened last time on Glee? Okay, so last time on Glee, uh, the hobbits left Bag End. Uh, the hobbits mean the trio of Frodo, Sam, and Pippin. Hence the three is company, yes. Yes, because uh, Mary had already gone ahead to Crick Hollow to get things ready. He took the furniture. He went He went with the U-Haul to Crick Hollow, <laughs> and he's currently unloading stuff. What a good lesbian ally. <laughs> The lesbian is being Sam Frodo and Pippin in this instance. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they did some traveling through the Shire. They got their first encounters with the Black Riders. Uh, they were all very much almost caught by a Black Rider. Yes, a very spooky instance when he's like sniffing and... Crawling towards yeah. them on the ground. Spooky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, we met elves for the first time. In this book, at least. Um, Gildor? 
and his crew, and they talked in some riddles to Frodo, and were like, oh, we know what you're doing, but we cannot say exactly what you are doing, because we are not supposed to know what you're doing, or some other elf shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, like, the elves kind of come to the rescue, and I love, I love how... Aaron can't listen to this podcast because it'll be too much elf praise. But I do love this aspect of how the elves are just naturally predispositioned to fight back against darkness and evil. Like this creeping thing is crawling towards them. And then these elves come along just singing and it crawls away. These aren't great warrior elves. These aren't great, like powerful elves. These are just like everyday kind of almost common. Well, I don't know if they're common elves because they're of the house of Finrod. So they're Noldor. But maybe they were they were probably born in Middle Earth, so they're not high elves of Valinor. So really, they're a bunch of theater kids that came in singing and dancing, and the Black Rider was homophobic and heard the song and went running. He they yeah they were all uh, doing acapella like they were doing acapella glee versions of different <laughs> pop songs, and the and the uh, Nazgul was like ah no, <laughs> it was no. an acapella empire state of mind, and they're like I don't like Alicia God. Keys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Alicia Keys. Canon. The Nazgul do not like Alicia Keys. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, uh, but they uh, they scared away, and then Frodo talked with their leader, Gildor and Glorian, who gave them oh, advice Glorian. on how to go ahead, where to move, who to trust. Trust only the friends who are willing to go with you, Frodo. Don't take anyone against their will. Um all sorts of great stuff like that. Uh, Sam was absolutely gobsmacked uh, in the presence of elves. Truly. Because of course he is. Sam was uh, me and you, I was Sam. It's you, Tori. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while Pippin was just eating all the food he could get his hands on. And Frodo does kind of get like this very kind of ominous warning from Gildor. Because he's like, who are these black riders? And Gildor's like, I can't tell you. Because if yeah. I tell you, you'll probably be too fucking scared to go ahead. And I'm like, if that were me, oh. I'd be like, that done, that's just as scary. What the fuck? Yeah, would you rather know or not know and let your mind like fill in the blanks? I'd rather know so I know how to prepare at least. Uh, like keep some Alicia Keys CDs in my fucking cue. glove compartment just in case. I don't know which one. It, it makes me kind of compare it to like when you're going to the doctors and like have to get your blood drawn or like get a shot. I would rather not mm-hmm. know about that before going in and like n- not have the pre-anxiety of it. See, I'm I'm fine with uh, like shots and stuff. Mm-hmm. What I can't do is give blood. I can't I can't do a thing where a thing is in my under my fucking skin for a long period of time. It's got to be a quick. It's got to be a quick shot. Like put it in. Come on. See the pre Don't take that out of context. Don't <laughs> no one no one soundbite me sound saying bite it. put it in. Soundbite it. God damn it. Uh, I don't I just can't I just don't know with our fans. Our fans. <laughs> look at me. Our fans. The people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And then Fro just kind of tuckers out, and that's where we left off. Uh which is where we begin with uh this episode, Shortcut to Mushrooms. Chapter four. Which if you ever uh, look, go on like the DVD menus of uh, like the films, like in the extended edition and stuff, like a lot of the uh, like scene names are names of like the chapters and stuff. So like one of the scenes is called a shortcut to mushrooms. Oh, and that's stuff. cute. Why would they call it yeah. that though? If this 
kind of scenario isn't even in the movies. So they run into Mary and Pippin in Farmer Maggot's fields. We never see Farmer Maggot, uh. but like Mary and Pippin are stealing from him, and then they run away, and then they fall down, and okay, Sam's like, "What do you uh, leave it to us to trust?" I can recite this oh, fucking please, movie please do. verbatim. <laughs> trust, trust us to follow a brandy buck and a toque. A what? That was just a detour, a shortcut, a shortcut to what? mushrooms and then they see the mushrooms and then they quickly go and it's right before the nazgul shows up and they gotta hide under that log oh okay i remember that scene well that's a cute little throwback to this chapter so there we go a shortcut to mushrooms my first underlying note is it's cute that pippin was going to eat all of the snacks until sam insisted he save some for frodo yes I do love how, like, the elves... I, I wish the elves... Because I think the elves are, like, going in the same direction as Frodo and company. I don't know why they just didn't take them with them. I guess they're like, eh. That'd be too easy. That'd be like too going easy. on an adventure in D&D with the higher level uh, characters. Gotta, yeah. gotta give them a you little gotta get experience. The NP- you gotta get the, NP- the high level NPCs out of there as soon as possible. That's why so you can never find can... freaking Gandalf. Too yeah. easy. Uh... <laughs> And so, like, they, but they do leave behind food, and I do love um, how, like, Pippin is constantly, like, badgering Frodo, where, uh, did you find out anything about them from Gildor? Not much, only hints and riddles. Did you ask about the sniffing? We didn't discuss it. You should have. I'm sure it is very important. Pippin is all about the sniffing. He's like, I don't like that. It's sus. That's fucked up. It's a little sus. What's up with that? <laughs> I had wrote, that is the elf way, talking in hints and riddles. And I like the part uh, Frodo's like, uh, let's see. I don't want to answer a string of questions while I'm eating. I want to think. Good heavens, said Pippin, at heavens. breakfast? <laughs> at breakfast? Who the fuck is thinking at breakfast? Think at breakfast? We have our coffee first, and then we think. I can I mean, relate. It, it depends on the type of breakfast. If it's like a lean breakfast, I guess I would be thinking. But if it's if we're at like IHOP or something, uh-huh. and I have like pancakes or waffles. I'm not thinking about anything. Well, if it's during the week, I do not schedule any of my calls before 10 a.m. because I have not had any breakfast or coffee, and it's not good to talk. Therefore, to think, so I can relate mm-hmm. to yeah. Frodo in this instance. <laughs> uh, we have one of my favorite moments, actually. Uh, between Frodo and Sam. Oh, I, I probably have the same portion highlighted. From Frodo's mind, the bright morning, treacherously bright, he thought, had not banished the fear of pursuit, and he pondered the words of Gildor. The merry voice of Pippin came to him. He was running on the green turf and singing. No, I cannot, he said to himself. It is one thing to take my young friends walking over the Shire with me until we are hungry and weary and food and bed are sweet. To take them into exile, where hunger and weariness may have no cure, is quite another, even if they are willing to come. The inheritance is mine alone. I don't think I ought even to take Sam. He looked at Sam Gamgee, and discovered that Sam was watching him. Well, Sam, he said, what about it? I am leaving the Shire as soon as ever I can. In fact, I have made up my mind now not even to wait a day at Crick Hollow if it can be helped. Very good, sir. You still mean to come with me? I do. It is going to be very dangerous, Sam. It is already dangerous. Most likely neither of us will come back. If you don't come back, sir, then I shan't. That's for certain, said Sam. Don't you leave him, they said to me. 
Leave him, I said. I never mean to. I'm going with him if he climbs to the moon. And if any of those black riders try to stop him, they'll have Sam Gamgee to reckon with, I said. They laughed. Who are they, and what are you talking about? The elves, sir. We had some talk last night, and they seemed to know you were going away, so I didn't see the use of denying it. Wonderful folk, elves, sir. Wonderful. They are, said Frodo. Do you like them still, now you have had a closer view? They seem a bit above my likes and dislikes, so to speak, answered Sam slowly. It don't matter what I think about them. They're quite different from what I expected. So old and young, and so gay and sad, as it were. Frodo looked at Sam rather startled, half expecting to see some outward sign of the odd change that seemed to have come over him. It did not sound like the voice of old Sam Gamgee that he thought he knew, but it looked like the old Sam Gamgee sitting there, except that his face was unusually thoughtful. Do you feel any need to leave the Shire now, now that your wish to see them has come true already? He asked. Yes, sir. I don't know how to say it, but after last night, I feel different. I seem to see ahead in a kind of way. I know we're going to take a very long road into darkness, but I know I can't turn back. It isn't to see elves now, nor dragons, nor mountains that I want. Uh, I don't rightly know what I want, but I have something to do before the end, and it lies ahead, not in the Shire. I must see it through, sir, if you understand me. I don't altogether, but I understand that Gandalf chose me a good companion. I am content. We will go together. We will go okay. together. We'll go <laughs> together. I, okay, this entire thing, uh, for, I gotta analyze this. I gotta analyze yeah, Please, this. analyze so, away. It starts with Frodo being incredibly troubled, because he's watching Pippin kind of gallivant in the sunlight, running around, just being a little tween. Like, Very carefree, and he's looking happy at him, go lucky. And Frodo is just like, I can't take that away from him. Because he's already troubled. Because he, now he, he's accepting the fact that he can't just be a happy-go-lucky guy in the Shire anymore. He has to fucking do this terrible quest that's been bestowed upon him against his will. But he's undertaking it because he has to. And he is very loath to pass this on to anyone else. Yeah. And... He's always trying you to go see, through things alone, which is yeah. He's trying. He he's the kind of person who takes the world on their shoulders yeah. and will not ask for help. And you can the fact that Sam can tell Frodo is troubled because when Frodo then looks, Sam is looking at him. Sam is watching him, mm-hmm. and he quickly tries to like kind of like cut away from any of the troubles and. He's like, well, I gotta go. And he's giving Sam an out here. We know that like, he and Gandalf arranged for Sam to go with him, but he's giving Sam an out to stay at Crick Hollow and just have Frodo go off on his own. Yeah. Uh, you still mean to come with me? I do. And he goes, it's going to be very dangerous, Sam. And Sam tells him basically that he knows it's going to be dangerous, but the elves like pressed upon him not to leave him. And Sam was almost insulted that they thought he was going to leave Frodo. And this this phrase, I'm going with him if he climbs to the moon. Oh, it's just... so cute. I just got chills. Ugh. And then we go into the thing of elves because the big thing that Sam was excited about when Gandalf basically gave this quest to Sam 
is that he was going to Rivendell to see the elves. And he's like, oh, hooray! And he jumps for joy, and then he weeps about seeing the elves. But now that he's seen the elves, Frodo's like, maybe Sam doesn't want to go anymore. There, maybe the Sam... excitement is done. The thrill, yeah, you've already seen... had it. He's finally, he's finally seen the elves. He doesn't need to come with me to Rivendell. He can just stay at Crick Hollow. But then we get the line of, I don't know how to say it. After last night, I feel different. I seem to see ahead in a kind of way. I know we are going to take a very long road into darkness, but I know I can't turn back. It isn't to see elves now, nor dragons, nor mountains that I want. I don't rightly know what I want. And I feel like he's talking about Frodo. I feel like what he's talking about is what he wants is to just be by Frodo at all times. But he cannot come up with the words to say it. But he simply says, I have something to do before the end, and it lies ahead, not in the Shire. I must see it through, sir, if you understand me. And oh, Sam. Frodo, Frodo can't say no to him. He says, I am content. We will go together. <laughs> Get you a partnership like Frodo and Sam, truly. Yeah. So then Pippin comes running up. <laughs> saying we must no Frodo says we must get going and Pippin's like I've been ready mm. we are waiting for you to eat and think <laughs> have you done it and then they decide to make a shortcut to get to the to the ferry yeah and in doing so unfortunately they must miss out on the best spear in the east farthing yes <laughs> uh but uh Pippin reveals, because uh, Pippin says shortcuts make long delays. Yeah, shortcuts make long delays. But Frodo says, look, it's easy to get lost in the woods. But if you're going by road and people are looking for you, they're going to look for you on the road as opposed to in the wild. Mm-hmm. In the quote unquote wild, it's still the Shire. It's like like those patches of woods between farm fields, basically. But he, uh, Pippin goes, I'll follow you into every bog and ditch, but it's hard. I had counted on passing the golden perch at stock before sundown. The best beer in the East Farthing, or used to be. That settles it, said Frodo. Shortcuts make long delays, but inns make longer ones. At all costs, we must keep you away from the golden perch. <laughs> because that would be the biggest delay. The biggest delay, because literally Pippin would not, you'd have to pull him away. And they are on uh, a they're on a short deadline. They gotta go. Yeah, they are. They are like Frodo's on a timetable because uh, I think Gandalf said if he didn't meet them at Crick Hollow, they'd meet at Bree at like a specific date. I believe. I can't recall. I can't recall specifically. But uh, they kind of go down this hill and start entering like the more wild parts. And Pippin kind of makes like a little grim joke of first check, and they turn around. And this is a very, a very kind of eerie thing. Uh, Sam Gamgee looked back. Through an opening in the trees, he caught a glimpse of the top of the green bank from which they had climbed down. Look, he said, clutching Frodo by the arm. They all looked, and on the edge above them, they saw against the sky a horse standing. Beside it stooped a black figure. Spooky. Again, it's this fact that they're being tracked, and it's like those glimpses of what's tracking them. Very slender man. Uh, very much slender man. I, I I just love that horror element though. The safety of the Shire is being breached and there's mm-hmm. nothing they can do about it. That kind of just adds just an, ugh, just while you're trekking, it's no longer just a nice walk to where they're going. Now it's like, oh, there's 
there is someone following them. There is actual danger. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful going through. Yeah. These woods before you before a bunch of hobbits end up at the bottom of a ditch. Basically. <laughs> and then for like a while, they're just kind of like going through fucking brambles and trees and bushes. I put a little tree talk because we know how much Jimmy loves to talk about trees. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're crisscrossing. Uh, they get a uh, a wonderful little song. Of uh, we actually hear uh, this one sung in the movie. Oh, really, Mary and Pippin. Yeah, when they're singing in the inn at the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. and they're standing on that table. The ho 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 to the bottle I go to heal my heart and drown my woe. Rain may fall, the wind may blow, and many miles be still to go. But under a tall tree I will lie and let the clouds go sailing by. It's the, it's a few different lyrics in the movie, hmm. but. That's the general uh, thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, because instead of uh, the uh, and many, uh, but under a tall tree I will lie, that is replaced with better than rain or rippling brook is a mug of beer inside this took. And mm. that's, that's the one. That and then they like. drink, right? Yeah, and then they, they all laugh and drink. Okay. I remember this scene very well because I've also seen Nate and Molly do it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh god those fucking nerds you fucking nerds 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 i smell nerds um but then also we have this very creepy moment where they stopped short suddenly frodo sprang to his feet a long drawn wail came down the wind like the cry of some evil and lonely creature Ew. it rose and fell and ended on a high piercing note even as they sat and stood as if suddenly frozen, it was answered by another cry, fainter and further off, but no less chilling to the blood. Then there was silence, broken only by the sound of the wind in the leaves. Uh, the the fact that creepy. this is the confirmation that this is the confirmation that there is actually more than one black rider after uh. them. And how it's like very inhuman. Because Frodo goes, it was not it was not bird or beast. It was a call or a signal. There were words in that cry, though I could not catch them. But no hobbit has such a voice. Yeah. And it's just all very just... <laughs> uh, but then eventually they come across uh, Farmer Maggot's farm. Farmer Maggot. Hello, Farmer Maggot. Pippin is, Pippin is really excited because he's like, ah, Farmer Maggot. He's a, really, he's a good friend of the Brandybucks. Me and uh, Mary have been here several times. And Frodo is like, the last time I was here, I still fucking mushrooms. And then he showed me to his dogs, and he said they could eat me if they ever caught me again. I'm not fucking going near that fucking farm. And Pippin's like, don't be a crybaby. We're going to the farm. <laughs> that was years ago, and you were a silly little lad. It, you actually, it, it, like, it makes sense, though, when you realize how small hobbits are, and therefore how big dogs are. Yeah. Because... I'm always annoyed because in the movies, like there's a, a man, like a hobbit chopping wood, and there's a dog by him, but they don't account for size. Mm. So apparently, it's just like a very small Rottweiler. But like these dogs are like as tall as the hobbits. Like hobbits could fucking ride these dogs, and because, the dogs like, these really are, could like, eat them, probably. Yeah, I, I always imagine these dogs as like Irish wolfhounds, basically. Yeah. Where they're just massive dogs. I imagine them like the size of wolves in comparison to mm-hmm. the hobbits. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to be eaten by the dogs either. Mm-hmm. Ripping wolf. Yep. And with names like that, nah, you're not going to mess with those dogs. <laughs> I have, for the longest time, 
told myself if I ever get like three dogs, I want them to be big dogs and I want to call them Grip, Fang, and Wolf. You're just Farmer Maggot is what I'm hearing. I just want to be Farmer Maggot. <laughs> I just want to live in my hobbit hole away from everyone else. Honestly, with my big old dog. Sounds like he has a really good life. Which he does have a really good life. We yeah, we meet Farmer Maggot and uh, Mrs. Mm. Maggot and they yes. invite them in for a little supper and uh, a little exchanging of Well, they get some info. information. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, when they arrive, Farmer Maggot gets like really on edge and they're like, what's up with you? He's like, I just had the weirdest visitor. And uh, I love how he's such a G though. He stands his ground. Um, uh, this, <laughs> I come from yonder, he said, slow and stiff-like, pointing back west over my fields, if you please. Have you seen Baggins? He asked in a queer voice and bent down towards me. Be off, I said. There are no Bagginses here. You're in the wrong part of the Shire. You'd better go back west to Hobbiton, but you can go by road this time. <laughs> Baggins has left, he answered in a whisper. He is coming. He's not far away. I wish to find him. If he passes, will you tell me? I will come back with gold. No, you won't, I said. You'll go back to where you belong. Double quick. I give you one moment before I call my dogs. Farmer Maggot knows what's up. He's, he's like, not about. He's not getting bribed. This is an honest man of the soil, right yeah, here. Yeah, and he's saying, "Get off my lawn." Mm. He's also like really smart, because he goes, "Uh, what do you think of that?" And Fredo doesn't want to talk, because he doesn't want to let on to anything. But Farmer Maggot immediately goes, "I'll let you. Know, I'll tell you what I think. You should never have gone mixing yourself up with Hobbiton folk." I love this juxtaposition of like Hobbiton folk being like the brandy bucks and people out there are, are queer. They're very odd. And then the, these hobbits are like, those Hobbiton folks are really fucking <laughs> weird. When I heard you had left the brandy bucks and gone off to live with that old Mr. Bilbo, I said you were going to find trouble. Mark my words, this all comes from those strange doings of Mr. Bilbo's. His money was gotten some strange fashion in foreign parts, they say. And Frodo said, Frodo said nothing. The shrewd guesses of the farmer were rather disconcerting. Where he's like, even Farmer Maggie, who I've not seen for fucking decades, is fucking deducing how, why exactly yeah. I'm being tracked. Gossip goes quick in the Shire. It does. It does. It's very much like in those small towns or like we're the only school in the town and they get like a new foreign exchange student and it's. Everyone knows mm. everything about that student. They're the talk of the town. This is exactly yeah. what's going on. This is the gossip of the streets. The most exciting thing since probably Bilbo up and left. Yeah. And the fact that he's also just so friendly because he goes, you'll have friends in these parts. If any of these black fellows come after you again, I'll deal with them. I'll say you're dead or have left the Shire or anything you like. What an ally. What an ally. What a guy. And then they're like, oh, you're probably going to take the ferry, right? And Frodo's like, oh, shit, we got to take the ferry. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I've been afraid of you. I missed out on a good friend. And Farmer Maggot's like, well, how about this? How about you stay for dinner, and then I'll hitch up the ponies to the cart and take you straight to the ferry so you don't have to walk. And they're just like, oh, fuck yeah. You're an o yeah, Farmer Maggot service. is the OG. Truly. Farmer Maggot. Hell of a hobbit, man. Hell of a hobbit. Like, we will feed you and escort you to the ferry. Suddenly got so much easier. And then next thing you know, they're sitting down eating supper with 14 other people. Mm -hmm. That I also thought was very, like, cute of them. It's like, now it's suddenly a feast with all these family and friends. 
which yeah. it's nearly dinner time here. It's making me hungry, thinking of the feast yeah, that they had. I'm hungry. <laughs> we'll get through this episode double quick. <laughs> uh, so, and then you also get, like, this cute little exchange with Mrs. Maggot. You be careful of yourself, Maggot. Don't go arguing with any foreigners and come straight back. I will, he said, and drove it's out of the gate. stuff. But, of course, it gets kind of ominous because as they leave, like, river mist begins to like fill in yeah. and it's gonna get foggy so they light lanterns and they're just making their way through the fog and i love foggy roads scene. can be the spookiest thing yeah and i just imagining them in the back of the cart and listening out for any other horses because they can't see through the fog so they're just like yeah, no. really listening in anticipation of uh of, of being found and then yeah. they are found which i love how jimmy laid the, out this scene yeah they hear the clip clop of hooves and immediately because they now associate hooves with black riders they're just like oh fuck and farmer maggots like get in the fucking uh get in the goddamn uh wagon i'll deal with this and he's like don't come a step nearer what do you want and where you're going i want mr baggins have you seen him and it's mary he showed oh, up Brandy to find Buck. him I was not expecting Mary to show up here. <laughs> yes. The fact that uh Mr. Mary. Yes, of course. Who did you who did you think <laughs> who it <else>? was? <laughs> who else? The anticipation and then like the biggest relief of breath uh that the reader and Frodo had when it was found yeah, out to be Mary. The fact that they're fucking shaken, but Mary's joking, uh coming across he like sees Frodo and he goes, Where did you find them, Mr. Maggot? In your dock pond. <laughs> No, I caught him trespassing, said the farmer. <laughs> and trespassing they were. And then he's like, I gotta go home. The missus is gonna be worried about me. Okay. And so they they part ways, and uh, before they leave, uh, he's like, oh, Mrs. Maggot wanted you to have this, Frodo. And he opens it up, and it's full of mushrooms. It's so a basket full of cute. mushrooms. I love that. That's so heartwarming I... when he's so afraid and scared. Just a little cute, like... Here's the mushrooms. You didn't have to steal them. Like, we remember you and all is fine. Yeah. It's it's literally, Farmer Maggot is an incredible character. Yeah. And sadly, this is the last we really see of him. Aww. I, I wish him. I wish we get to see it. We got to see him again. They kind of, they, he's kind of replaced by a different character when they return to the Shire called Farmer Cotton. Huh. Uh, but uh, that's, a whole different thing. Because hmm. um, they're very similar characters in that they're both men of the soil, but they're very uh, like loyal and good guys. Um, hobbits. I have a theory about hobbits with mushrooms, of why okay. hobbits love mushrooms so much. Okay. They, because they're so, like, they've evolved so differently from humans, they actually have an immunity uh, or an amount of immunity to psychedelic mushrooms so that it doesn't make them hallucinate, but it like mellows them out like weed kind of does for us. So not only do you have like the taste of mushrooms and the different ways you can cook it, but also like mellows you out and chills you down. Okay. That's just my own personal thing. Now imagine like a younger teenage uh, Frodo stealing it. Yeah, like, he's basically like, I gotta get those shrooms. Yeah, man. yeah. Stoner Frodo. <laughs> Stodo. 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 Oh lord. <laughs> That's the end of chapter four, basically. And going into chapter five, they get on the little flat ferry boat and start to crash the brandy wine. 
uh, the name of the river is actually the uh, Baranduin in uh, in oh. Elvish, I believe, which I believe means like brown river, basically. <laughs> it sounds better the water, in Elvish. <laughs> the water is very brown and yeah. stuff. And then uh, the hobbits just call it the Brandywine. And then we get like a little kind of history lesson about the Brandybucks and how yeah. they came to live in Buckland across the river. Uh, but we learned about Gorondad Old Buck, who crossed uh, from the Marish into Buckland, and he created Brandy Hall, which is this massive hobbit hole filled with Brandy Bucks to no end. It's like the uh, equivalent Mary's... of a mansion, but in a yeah. hole. <laughs> and it's like they're the equivalent of like uh, a noble family, basically, like an old medieval noble like family. Like the Kardashians. They're kind of... I just say these things to see Paul eye roll on camera. I feel like you. I feel like you just say things to say things. Because <laughs> Mary is like the heir to the Brandy Bucks, basically. Like his dad is the head of the family, mm. and so like Mary will become the master of Brandy Hall eventually. Master of the Hall. Wow. Master of the Hall. Okay, Mary. Dulling out the charm. Shout to the Lily Miz fans out there. We also uh, find out what makes the Bucklanders odd. First off, uh, they were fond of boats and some of them could swim, yeah. which a lot of hobbits can't. And water so it's like, hobbits. oh, those weirdos. Water <laughs> hobbits. Wobbits. Wobbits. Um, and... Uh, That's Dodo and Wobbits. Yeah, this kind of ominousness, though, of Buckland with the Bucklanders kept their doors locked after dark, and that was also not uh, not usual in the Shire. Yeah. Uh but then they, they get there, and as they're kind of looking back, we have another kind of scary moment of, on the far stage, under the distant lamps, they could just make out a figure. It looked like a dark black bundle left behind. But as they look, it seemed to move and sway this way and that, as if searching the ground. It then crawled or went crouching back into the gloom beyond the lamps. And it's, it's very, again, because you know it's sniffing them out. Yeah. That's what it's doing across the river. And then it just vanishes into the dark on the other side. And you're just like, ooh. And it's, it just feels so close. Like, it's getting closer like and that's... closer. And they're just evading it every time. I feel like that's so much scarier than what we got in the movie with them, like, blatantly running away from the Nazgul. Yeah. There, like, there is, like, there needs to be, like, this power creep, basically. Because if they're already all out and out coming for you, mm-hmm. what else are you going to do? To build that tension. Yeah, it's tension building. Yeah. It's... it's it's not it's not having a good look of the monster when it kills someone. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Mary is like, what the what the fuck was that? And what in the Shire was that? And Fro's like, uh, we'll tell you when we get to the fucking house. Uh also, can horses cross this river? And <laughs> Mary's like, I haven't heard of horses swimming the brandywine, but they can go ten miles north to the brandywine bridge. Uh but what have horses to do with it? I'll tell you later. Let's get indoors and then we can talk. So he rides ahead to prepare things. They eventually get to Crick Hollow, which was basically built as like a little vacation home for those who didn't want to stay in Brandy Hall. A little away from all and the people. Yeah, it's like those little uh, Airbnbs out in like the country that you can rent out yeah. and you can just escape the bustle of the city. Which Frodo said he had chosen it so that he could enter and leave without anyone gossiping, as we know they all like to do in the Shire. Mm-hmm. So he and as they away. get as they get to Crick Hollow, like the door opens and Fatty Bulger's there to greet them. 
And as they go in, it's already like a new home. Uh, Frodo says, uh, it did look like home. Many of his own favorite things, or Bilbo's things, that reminded him sharply of, the, of him in their new setting, were arranged as nearly as possible as they had been in Bag End. It was a pleasant, comfortable, welcoming place, and he found himself wishing that he really was coming here to settle down in quiet retirement. It seemed unfair to have put his friends to all this trouble, and he wondered again how he was going to break the news to them that he must leave them so soon, indeed at once. Again, Frodo being so, get... like, unselfish with, like, oh, I'm so sorry that they've gone through all this trouble for nothing when I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And, uh, you get, uh, they're like, oh, also, have a bath. And... Bath time! <laughs> bath time! <laughs> and we get a little bath song from Pippin. Uh, I, I'm not going to sing this one, because I don't have any proper notes for it. I also love this little slight that Frodo said. Which order shall we go in, said Frodo? Eldest first or quickest first? You'll be last either way, Master Peregrine. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. And it was true. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, it's not true, because they have uh, separate uh, tubs. They have three tubs. Mm. So I think Molly said once that she sometimes, like, imagined, like, Sam blushing the entire time there in the tubs, like, looking over at Frodo. <laughs> As they, like, bathe together, but not bathe together, but kind of bathe together. <laughs> While Pippin's being an absolute child, like, splashing around. And Mary's like, okay, you clean that shit up, or else you're not getting any fucking mushrooms. And then we also get, like, when they're eating, Frodo uh, calls, uh, I love this phrase. They, uh, they're mine, said Frodo, given to me by Mrs. Maggot, a queen among farmers' wives. Queen Take your among gritty farmers hands away, wives. and I'll serve them. Yeah. The highest of compliments. God. I really love their mushrooms. So So basically... They talk a little about... And they kind of bring Mary up to speed about these black writers. And then we kind of get to this point where Frodo is like kind of ramping up to telling his friends about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this can be our little reading segment of this chapter. Sure. It's coming out in a minute, whispered Pippin to Mary. Mary nodded. Well, said Frodo at last, sitting up and straightening his back as if he had made a decision. I can't keep it dark any longer. I have got something to tell you all, but I don't know quite how to begin. I think I could help you, said Mary quietly. By telling you some of it myself. What do you mean, said Frodo, looking at him anxiously. Just this, my dear old Frodo. You're miserable because you don't know how to say goodbye. You mean to leave the Shire, of course, but dangers come on you sooner than you expected. And now you're making up your mind to go at once, and you don't want to. We're very sorry for you. Frodo opened his mouth and shut it again. His look of surprise was so comical that they laughed. Dear old Frodo, said Pippin. Did you really think you'd thrown dust in all our eyes? You've not been nearly careful or clever enough for that. You've obviously been planning to go and saying farewell to all your haunts all this year since April. We've constantly heard you muttering, shall I ever look down into that valley, I wonder, and things like that, and pretending that you'd come to the end of your money, and actually selling your beloved bag end to those Sackville Bagginses, and all those close talks with Gandalf. Good heavens, said Frodo. I thought I had been both careful and clever. I don't know what Gandalf would say. Is all the Shire discussing my departure then? Oh no, said Mary. Don't worry about that. 
The secret won't keep for long, of course, but at present it is, I think, only known to us conspirators. After all, you must remember that we know you well, and are often with you. We can usually guess what you are thinking. I knew Bilbo, too. To tell you the truth, I've been watching you rather closely since he left. I thought you would go after him, sooner or later. Indeed, I expected you to go sooner, and lately we've been very anxious. We've been terrified that you might give us the slip, and go off suddenly, all on your own like he did. Ever since the spring we've kept our eyes open, and done a good deal of planning on our own account. You're not going to escape so easily. But I must go, said Frodo. It cannot be helped, dear friends. It is wretched for us all, but it is no use your trying to keep me. Since you have guessed so much, please help me and do not hinder me. You don't understand, said Pippin. You must go, and therefore we must too. Mary and I are coming with you. Sam is an excellent fellow, and would jump down a dragon's throat to save you, if he didn't not trip over his own feet. And you will need more than one companion on your dangerous adventure. My dear and most beloved hobbits, said Frodo, deeply moved. But I could not allow it. I decided that long ago, too. You speak of danger, but you do not understand. This is no treasure hunt, no there and back journey. I am flying from deadly peril into deadly peril. Of course we understand, said Mary firmly. This is why we have decided to come. We know the ring is no laughing matter, but we're going to do our best to help you against the enemy. And so they basically reveal how they've been keeping an eye on him this entire time. This scene took me by surprise. I did not expect them all to, or I should say specifically Merry and Pippin, to know basically about everything. And especially when he brought up the ring, I was like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. Wait right there. It's, It's very interesting because... We're so used to them kind of being more of, like, the comedic effect yes. in the movie, And that was one of the notes that I wrote down, is this, like, this makes them look so clever and so smart and thoughtful, more They're so... way more competent in this yeah. regard, because they see something's wrong with their friend. They see him constantly going to different places and pondering whether he'll ever go into that valley again. So they're like, something's up. And so immediately, they're like, well, something's up, and no matter what it is... We're going to be there to help him out. Mm-hmm. And those are friends you need. Yes, ride or die, truly. And uh, the, the the fact that they knew, the fact they're looking out, and they're like, no, Frodo, we're in this with you. Mm-hmm. I see it's... why it's it like adds on to, because in the movies, you know how loyal Sam is to Frodo and Frodo is to Sam. And you see that kind of loyalty in Hobbits. But this really just adds on like their exactly. their characterizations. So much. It's so good. So good. It's so good. <laughs> and then, before we go into the next reading, um, when Mary says, step forward, Sam, and Sam is their, what do you call it? Their chief investigator. I yes. can produce him. Step forward, Sam. I was like, oh, precious Sam. So innocent. Such a clever little hobbit. I love it. It's. I also love the fact that Bilbo's undoing with his secret of the ring is because he doesn't want to interact with the Sackville Baggins. So, like, so he puts on the ring, and Mary sees it, and he's like, oh! And then he keeps it, well, keeps it a secret from most people, but uh, Mary and Pippin. He's known this whole fact, time. He's known for years. Yeah, he's like, uh, 
he's also like very sneaky. He's also like, I must be the only one in the Shire besides you, Frodo, that has ever seen the old fellow's secret book. You've read his book? cried Frodo. Good heavens above, is nothing safe? Uh, I like that because he's like, you know about the ring, and he's kind of surprised. But yeah. then he mentions the book. He's like, you know about the book. <laughs> You've read the book. You've read the sacred texts. The sacred texts. Uh, and then we get this other cute moment with Sam and the Frodo. reveal when uh, Frodo expects a masked and sinister figure to come out of a cupboard, and it's Sam, beloved Sam. <laughs> Yes, sir, said Sam. Begging your pardon, sir, but I meant no wrong to you, Mr. Frodo, nor to Mr. Gandalf, for that matter. He has some sense, mind you, and when you said go alone, he said no, take someone as you can trust. But it does not seem that I can trust anyone, said Frodo. Sam looked at him unhappily. It all depends on what you want. But in Mary. You can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin, to the bitter end, and you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. Anyway, there it is. We know most of what Gandalf has told you. We know a good deal about the ring. We are horribly afraid, but we are coming with you, or following you like hounds. And after all, sir... Added Sam... You did ought to take the elves' advice. Gildor said you should take them as was willing, and he can't deny it. I don't deny it, said Frodo, looking at Sam, who was now grinning. I don't deny it, but I'll never believe you are sleeping again, whether you snore or not. I shall kick you hard to make sure. You are a set of deceitful scoundrels, he said, turning to the others. But bless you, he laughed, getting up and waving his arms. I give in. I will take Gildor's advice. If the danger were not so dark, I should dance for joy, even so. I cannot help feeling happier, happier than I have felt for a long time. I had dreaded this evening. Good. Then it's settled. Three cheers for Captain Frodo and company, they shouted, and they danced around him. Ah, such good friends. So this good. entire thing, Frodo's like, I can't trust anyone. And Mary's saying of, oh, you can trust us to stick by your side through thick and thin, but you can't trust us to just leave you. Yeah. And, Ooh, uh, so good. Such like, good friends. This is the epitome of friendship Truly. That you, like people need to see. Uh, then they sing a little song based on the song the dwarves sing in The Hobbit. It was like, okay, well then we better get ready because they talk about writing before the break of day. And Pippin's like, oh, that was just poetry. Do you really mean to start before the break of day? That sounds god-awful, but they kind of should. Uh, mm -hmm. They find out uh, that everything's already prepared for them to go at a moment's notice, because Mary's been Because Mary was so thoughtful. Gosh. Mary, Mary's a G. Uh, he knows what he's doing. What a good crew. Uh, but then they're like, should, can we head north? Because there's the the road to Bree is north of where they are, but there's a gate through like that hedge that goes around Buckland, and they're like, well, that's our main way out of Buckland, um, but they're like, no, there's another way. We could cut through the old forest, and Fatty mm -hmm. Bulger is like, mm -mm, nope, <laughs> not not going, and but they do plan on taking 
the road through the old forest because the buckland, like the brandy bucks, have actually gone in the forest eventually, like every now and again. But it's very odd and very, very uh, unusual. Yeah. Where the trees are more alive. It's just got some secrets. And I do love this. Uh, we get this kind of little bio of Fatty. Uh, fond as he was of Frodo, Fatty Bulger had no desire to leave the Shire, nor to see what lay outside it. His task, according to the original plans of the conspirators, was to stay behind and deal with inquisitive folk, and to keep up, as long as possible, the pretense that Mr. Baggins was still living in Crick Hollow. He had even brought along some old clothes of Frodo's to help him in playing the part. So, like, he'll just dress up as Frodo every now and again, <laughs> and just make sure people see him from a distance. See him in the window. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when uh, in Home Alone, when he like sets up yeah. like that like makeshift party. I imagine Fatty Bulger kind of doing that. So cute, really uh, thoughtful. They're also thoughtful, and like with Fatty staying, like that's also very clever, and that's very yeah. kind of him to do because he's kind of putting himself like oh yeah the, in like, harm's way. He's like. He's like, you guys are going to be in, in danger going out into the old forest. And Pippin, who's seen the Black Riders, is like, yeah, but the Black Riders might come here, and I wouldn't want to be here when yeah. they get here. Unless you have a wild fang and wolf, or whatever their names were. I don't know, even that might not do anything, because remember, the Nazgul scared off the dogs. And so they, they finally decide they're going to cut through the old forest uh, the next day. And... Uh, I love this little dream Frodo has. He then heard a noise in the distance. At first, he thought it was a great wind coming over the leaves of the forest. Then he knew that it was not leaves, but the sound of the sea far off, a sound he had never heard in waking life, though it had often troubled his dreams. Suddenly, he found he was out in the open. There were no trees after all. He was on a dark heath, and there was a strange salt smell in the air. Looking up, he saw before him a tall white tower, standing alone on a high ridge. A great desire came over him to climb the tower and see the sea. He started to struggle up the ridge towards the tower, but suddenly a light came in the sky, and there was a noise of thunder. And I think this is very interesting, because I think I know what this tower is. Uh, just west of the Shire, near the Grey Havens where the elves leave, there's uh, this place called the Tower Hills, where there are three elven towers that have been built, and they look west. And I believe mm. this is one of those towers. And at the top of one of those towers is actually a palantir, one of the seeing stones. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, and I think this has a connection to that. I can't ah. say specifically what that connection is, but I think that's what he's seeing in his dreams. Wow. And then it just sounds like that. I was expecting more, yeah, and then I turned the page, like and it was like chapter end. Yeah, that's that's the end of the chapter. All right. So then, well, that's that's uh that's it for now. That's well, that's all. The folks. end of our chapter. That's this is actually the chapter where we have said now goodbye to the Shire because mm. the next chapter we'll be leaving the Shire. We were hanging out in the Shire for a long time, longer than I expected. It was yeah, it was. It's been a long time coming for us <laughs> to actually leave the fucking Shire. But um, it, yeah, I just love I love these chapters in particular simply because of kind of how it's high stakes, but not in like a constant high stakes environment. Mm -hmm. 
And I really did like how they showed more of like the Shire and Hobbits because the Shire seems very small in the movies. Like it just looks like a couple of uh, a few handful of Hobbit holes. Um, but with this mm-hmm. one, they're just continuously walking and walking and walking. And I'm like, how? Yeah. How much land is the Shire actually? It's cool. To I see. believe. One sec. How big is the Shire? Shire. Hey, Google. Okay, so hey, Siri. The Shire is 18,000 square miles. Okay, so it's about the size of the British Midlands, which are like a strip of land that go across Britain. Okay. So like uh bigger than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually pretty sizable. That's a pretty good strip. So it's it's a sizable amount. It's not a small place. Like it takes them a while to walk yeah. places. Uh, which I really enjoy, though, because it, it gives, like, there's also, like, a diversity amongst the hobbits. You have the mm-hmm. Bucklanders, you have the Hobbiton folk, you have the Tooks. So I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, the Saxville Bagginses. Like, you have the Saxville Bagginses. Because <laughs> in the movie, it, like, you get the vibe that, like, the Shire's, like, a town, basically. Yeah, that's that's it's what like I Hobbiton, expected. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was cool. Yes, 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 yes. So with that, next so, next uh, episode, do we want to just do chapter, chapter six? six? I think the just old forest. Six, the old forest. Yeah. Cool. I feel like that's uh that'll be a, a good one because a, a a decent amount of stuff happens, that's and that happened. can be like a, a shorter episode if need be. But special thanks as always to Jack Hook for composing our intro and outro music, and as always special thanks to Evelyn for doing our lovely cover art we love so so much and i believe that's it uh thank you everyone for joining us and getting to live through the proof that the hobbits have the best friendships in all of lord of the rings find yourself hobbit friends like that truly i I think i found hobbit friends in you and uh steph (laughs) and with that emotional note and with that emotional note da 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 (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.